Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? For the first time in three years, the Masters will be back to full patron capacity. Whether that year's champion, Tiger Woods, will play this week or not, he will have a major presence on CBS as the network celebrates the 25th anniversary of his 1997 victory. Heading into the network's 67th consecutive Masters broadcast from Augusta National Golf Club, CBS Sports chairman Sean McManus shares details of two special shows. We need to talk on Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, and Jim Nance remembers Augusta, Tiger Woods, a win for the ages on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We have full 18-hole coverage uh, traditionally, as we always do on Saturday and Sunday. We actually begin our coverage uh, with Masters um, on the range on CBS Sports Network on Monday. Masters Live. Uh, which extends our broadcast coverage with more than 100 hours of additional live streaming video on CBS digital platforms and Paramount+. Plus. We're also excited for the first time ever to have our um, all-produced and hosted by women's studio show called We Need to Talk, uh, which will be airing on Saturday uh, before our coverage of the Masters. Uh, this is the second year that um, Seller Shy will be producing the Masters. I couldn't be happier with our entire production and on-air talent team. I think we're hitting our stride, and I think we just had a terrific golf season so far with the West Coast Swing and can't be more excited about heading down to the Masters. One other note, uh, we have a special before our coverage on Sunday. Uh, Jim Nance remembers Augusta. Tiger Woods, a win for the ages, a celebration and a conversation with Tiger on the 25th anniversary of Tiger's first um, incredible win um, in 1997. Jim Nance, in his 37th consecutive year covering the Masters, will serve as host for the 35th time. He discusses the time he spent with Woods for Sunday's hour-long special on the 1997 tournament. I spent um, a good part of February 24th uh, with Tiger down in Florida. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the air at uh, Riviera when uh, he graciously joined us for almost uh, 45 minutes or so. And uh, yeah, I mean, I knew there were going to be a lot of Tiger questions. So uh, I can guarantee you that Tiger will have a very big um, presence on CBS on Masters Sunday. I'm just not sure whether it's going to be live or the... Uh, 25 year look back at a win for the ages because uh, we have uh, we have put that together already and uh, Chris Finson has uh, produced and directed it uh, again he was really gracious with his time um, I don't want to give away kind of any of the secrets that are inside the body of the show but kind of like um, what I felt you saw from Tiger during his Hall of Fame induction speech uh, he was very open hearted uh, even nostalgic which is not something that uh most of his career, um, he's gone down that that path before because he's been active and competing and looking ahead instead of looking back. So I'm grateful for, uh, for his uh, generosity, again, spending so much time on uh, this project. And I think, uh, I think anybody that loves the game of golf is going to be uh, excited to, to hear about 1997 from Monday of the week leading up to uh, Thursday's competition, uh, you know, right to 
its effects and beyond what it meant to the game of golf. Lead producer Sellers Shy says CBS won't change its coverage whether Woods plays or not and notes the history his network has had covering Woods, including lead director Steve Milton, who was in the chair for the 1997 event. Nance looks back at documenting most of Tiger's tour and major wins. It really doesn't change anything. Listen, we've uh, we've covered Tiger a long time. It's it he makes it exciting for us. Um, we have a full complement out there uh, uh, on the course, and um, it just adds another layer of excitement to us. Our entire team has has uh, really been through most of Tiger's success. Actually, the director uh, directed Tiger's '97 win. Um, you know, I was, I was in there at a, at a much lesser role, but, um, we have been through, uh, Tiger's successes, uh, ever since 97 and, uh, uh, goodness, we would love to be a part of it this weekend, but, uh, it, it doesn't change just our overall foundation. Uh, we'll be, we'll be ready, uh, and prepared. And I think just, uh, that's well said sellers that, there's a lot of experience on this crew of covering Tiger. We would love to have that opportunity again. Um, it, it would be, I think, well, it's actually been since the last real tournament he competed in would have been the Masters in November of 2020, by, by my recall, um, because he missed the early part of 21. He was ailing with, um, with, his, with his lower back uh, condition. And uh, then the accident happened. So it, it's been a long time. And this is the first time, really, that the Masters is going to feel like the full Masters since his win in 2019. You know, in so, 20, they had a fall event. And, of course, last year they didn't have uh, the, the full patron uh, support there. So, uh, but to Seller's point, I believe the count is 57, I want to say, of his 82 career wins have been on CBS and nine, I know for sure, nine of his 15 major championships have been documented by CBS. So we would relish the chance again and, um, Sellers and Steve Milton, they know what they're doing. They're outstanding. Shy discusses covering tournaments with full grandstands and galleries, while Nance notes the importance of patrons to the competition and to the telecast. Fortunately, we have had a, a full complement uh, on the West Coast. And, and then prior to COVID, obviously, um, we, uh, we felt very comfortable. Uh, so, no, um, we will... Uh, We'll, we will take it on as almost like it's uh, 2019 and um, and uh, and be in position for hopefully, uh, you know, a, a, another great master's memory for all of us. It is such an important part of the overall tapestry of the of the telecast. It is 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 it is the roar of the crowd. And, and it's going to be wonderful to have it back again. So, you know, I think you're trying to say, you know, sellers on the West coast, but we were kind of seeing full galleries again. We, we walked into Phoenix with full galleries back and look at what happened. Look at that Saturday show. Look at the way that our production team had every single angle covered of, of that uh, amazing Sam Ryder moment when they made a hole in one. I mean, they were rolling from, 
so many different angles. My, I, I couldn't believe it. My head spun. It was really a credit to them of how they had something covered that they didn't know was going to happen. And uh, the crowd, of course, there is a huge part of that tournament. And I don't think there's a major where the crowd has an impact on an event and even has a hand, I think, in the way you competitively play the tournament, reacting to what you hear as a competitor. Uh, there's no place like the Masters for that. They have a role and uh, it's all supportive, but the decibel level is so, uh, so immense that uh, it is, is truly part of the full Masters telecast experience. So it's going to be wonderful to have it back. On course reporter Dottie Pepper will be amongst the crowd and recalls how players picked up her commentary on an empty course in the fall of 2020. It's more like a quote unquote normal week for me because I am doing what I normally normally do. Um, I anticipate that it will get a little simpler or more more normal this year rather than certainly November of 2020 when there were no patrons. And I'd be really careful where I stood and where, where I spoke and where the wind blew my voice because there was, there was nothing to absorb any of it and any movement was easily picked up by, by players. Uh, it was a little bit simpler last year. You could get a little bit, bit closer to the patron's line and, and be a little um, sort of buried in, in and amongst them. And the sound was a little easier to manage. But this, this year, while it will be more difficult to get from, from green to tea with more people, those alleyways become apparent. And it should be just a little simpler and, and if, it's, if, if it's normal. Um, be a little more like that. In 2021, Nance's shot of the year was delivered not by a player, but from the 18th tower by a veteran CBS cameraman as champion Hideki Matsuyama's caddy, Shota Hayafuji, bowed to the 18th flag. I never saw it until we were, um, I don't have a chance to preview any of these shots, and, and I made my way down. I was in the cabin at that time, and when when uh, Sellers rolled it in, I mean, I was just... Uh, awestruck the, the minute I laid eyes on it. It was so powerful. I called it the shot of the year in golf. Most times you would think it would be someone pulling off a heroic up and down or a bunker shot that's hold to win a tournament or something. But to me, um, that, that was to me my favorite shot in golf. Just the respect that uh, was shown for the opponent, in this case, the course, and you know what's extraordinary about it is that the camera operator who captured that, his name is Eric Lydell, and he, he's, he's, well, this is going to be his 25th Masters. And his first Masters, he was on a handheld, and he was the one who had the shot, the close-up shot of Tiger and Earl and the hug. So now, fast forward once Davey Finch retired from the 18th tower, Eric moved into that position from being on the ground to being in the tower. The action had long left that stage. But as he was up in the, up in the tower alone and could have been breaking down at that point, he happened to just notice that the caddy uh, was reentering the putting surface. So, you know, he, he took his camera and went over and framed it and stayed with it. And it's just, it's that kind of ingenuity, that kind of presence of mind. It's an artist. 
And I, I, he deserves all the credit in the world. We have great people that, you know, you guys talk to us. One of these years, you ought to talk to people have been coming for years and years that their jobs are uh, more meaningful than anyone's really. They're, 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 they're what they do to present the masters through their lens. It's, it's pretty amazing. I'm proud of everyone. And we've got veteran people that work football, basketball, golf. And I, I think if, again, if you had a straw poll of those that work multiple events, they would tell you, this is their, this is their greatest challenge. And, and this is their, also, most often, their, their highest reward. And Eric got that, the shot of the year in golf. After a few years apart at Augusta, Nance will be welcomed back into the 18th Tower by that cameraman, Eric Lydell, and lead analyst, Sir Nick Faldo. As Nance and Faldo talk about working together again, Nance remembers another moment from the fall of 2020 and another Masters story with Tiger Woods. Last year, um, gosh, you know, I'm trying to recall. Nick, didn't we, we, we did double up. Um, I, think you threatened, I think you threatened to come up. I managed to keep you, Eric and I managed yeah. to keep you there. <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> like you, you, you came out for a guest appearance somewhere in the four days. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, we did mix it up though, but di- during COVID because we couldn't yeah. be uh, in each other's company in, um, in 2020. I, I like to tell people that, that it was such a, as we all know, it was strange. And for me, just being there and trying to have face-to-face contact with, with all the contenders and running around trying to have something um, as far as information that is fresh, that the viewer hasn't heard before, the latest, greatest information from these top players, and then not to be able to be around them in, in the fall of, of 20. It was bizarre. So here's my story. Uh, I did go out because I've never missed it to see the honorary starters in November of 20, keeping my my streak intact. I've never missed it as long as I've been there, and I won't this year either with Tom Watson, by the way, joining Jack and Gary. But um, I, I did linger maybe a little longer than I was supposed to, and I, I watched a group go off a of one and a group go off a of 10. It was split tees because it was being played in November and there was a limited daylight. So after I saw three go off a of one and three players go off a of 10, uh, I went back and into, into the cabin. I never saw another player the rest of that week in person, even though I was 100 yards away from the action. I was in Butler cabin. And the next time I actually was in the company of a golfer, Dustin Johnson was coming up 18. And he's on his way to shooting 20 under par. And I'm working off of a monitor and I could just feel a presence over my shoulder. And so at some point you're trying to find the right words for this, uh, for this historic moment that Dustin's going to win. He's going to set the 72 hole scoring record. I just happened to take one quick glance and it was tiger. <laughs> it's the next, that's the only golfer I saw after seeing the honorary starters in the first groups go off of one and 10 on Thursday. And Tiger, of course, had dropped down to the cabin early because he was going to be presenting the jacket as the 2019 defending champion, if you will. So it, it was a strange year. And uh, Nick and I were never in each other's company. And uh, I missed that. So, Nick, you're stuck with me again, man. So, yeah, can't wait, can't wait to have at it. Cuddled up in our little town. It'd be great. We'll end the episode as we've done before with Jim Nance going deep. This time, he's asked what makes a great golf announcer. 
Enjoy this history lesson in the printed and televised word of the sport. You have um, the host role and you have the analyst and the analyst role, but um, this is a game that really appreciates the heritage of the sport. History blends in to the present uh, as seamlessly, I think, in golf as any other sport. I know baseball would be very, cl very close to having that kind of approach. And um, it's, it's pure storytelling. I, I think at its highest level, too, in our industry, because there are long stretches where you have a chance to go to a second or third layer versus fast-moving sports like football and basketball where the ball's in play. Now, not throughout an entire broadcast do you have that window of opportunity to be able to to, to wax on about the, a subject. Um, but when you get in the late stages uh, and you're bringing someone up the 72nd hole of a major championship, um, that is that honestly, that's one of the, that's one of the times in, in this business I, I really live for. And I've always thought that on the sports writing side of it, and I'm honored to, dabble in it part-time with Golf Digest and write columns and have a great respect for that craft. Um, I think a lot of sports writers who are columnists across the country, you know, the seasoned veterans, they would tell you that they enjoy writing about golf uh, more maybe than any other sport that they've ever covered, whether that was Jim Murray or Rick Riley, or I hate to start going down this road, Dave Anderson, um, all of them great friends of mine, legends, and, um, and Dave Kindred, I mean, I think they all would, would say the same thing, that golf is, is a unique challenge versus other sports. It's more lyrical. Yeah, it, it's a chance, uh, I think, uh, on the broadcasting side of it to really kind of uh, be conversational and, and, and have a presentation that um, blends in not only what's happening in front of you, but all the ambient sound and visuals that that come with it it's never going to be wall to wall it's a softer sport obviously and i think the pitch and the tenor and the quality of your comments are it's a high demand at least i've always approached it that way you know the guys that um the anchors of my youth i still feel i very much still feel their presence they're all, all gone. They were heroes to me. As, and I know you you take issue with the fact that I love the broadcasters of, uh, of yesteryear, but they, they really, truly impacted um, me in a positive way. And I got to know them all, whether it was Jim McKay or Jack Whitaker. Uh, I'm talking about golf announcers, uh, Chris Shankle, uh, Kurt Gowdy did golf for a while. Of course, Dick Enberg, hugely influential on a young kid growing up in New Jersey trying to figure out how I could possibly be one of them and try to honor them with um, a quality of work that would be a composite of what they did. That's always the goal. I'm not saying I've ever achieved it at all, but um, I heard the way that they told stories and I, I was moved. And I'm not saying that all were like emotional stories. I'm just saying they had an ability to draw you in, have you, completely enraptured by 
the stories they told and the sentence structure and the beginning, middle, and an end of a story that they would tell. It was beautiful to hear. And um, I'm grateful that I got to know all of the names I just mentioned and many others, but uh, they were the, did I mention Pat Summerall? I hope I mentioned Pat because Pat was a huge part of my my youth and my first 10 years at CBS, just a giant. So all of them, I think they would, you know, I think they would uh, tell you the same thing, that there were challenges there that are different than other sports. And they took a lot of pride in trying to present a tournament of the stature of the Masters and do justice to the scene and the story and the competition. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.